Welcome. It's the fourth episode of Smart Talk. It's the November edition. Um, and on sorry, and on today's show, um, I am joined by my sorry, I'm joined by my North American crossover uh, scout, um, and his name is Austin Brass, and he is B- Buffalo, New York based. What's going on, Josh? Thanks for having me. Hey, man. Uh, not much. Uh, not much. I am just waiting for the F1 race to begin, and my dog is passed out right next to me. It's great. Great. I, uh, yeah, and I can't wait for the uh, Max and Lewis showdown later. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, let's, you know, but, you know, but let's move to prospect. So one of the guys that has, you know, caught my eye, um, you know, over, you know, over the, the last few years when on drafted last year, I swear he's a DOI plus one. He might be a DOI plus two, um, but um, it's Mickey Malign of the Winnipeg Ice. And I, I think that scouts might look at Mickey and say, how much is he really, really benefiting from, you know, having guys like Matthew Savoie, um, uh, um, Connor Geeky, and Carson Lambos's, um, sorry, as well as um, as well as McLennan, uh, Connor McLennan, who's a F- Philadelphia Flyers prospect. So, um, you know, so what, you know, so what are your thoughts on Mikey and, you know, and do you see him, you know, do you see him having a decent amount of draft stock this year? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting you bring him up because it was, uh, he's one of those players. I mean, everyone watch, is watching the Winnipeg Ice right now, right? So, yeah. like. We're all watching him. He's playing primarily with Connor Geeky. So, like, he's kind of stapled to Connor Geeky's wing. I thought last year, yeah, you were right. He was a, he was one of the oldest prospects last year for the draft. I think he'd say, like, a September 20th birthday or something like that. So, like, yeah. I think he was, like, he was he was an older prospect. I mean, last year I liked his off-ice off ice or off-the-puck game. Like, I thought he was strong defensively. I thought he was great on the forecheck. I thought he read plays exceptionally well. Um, but I didn't see like the skill that was there, you know, like he was kind of a player that like, if he were like six, two, you know, he would be kind of, I think would have been a mid round pick and people would have been like, Oh yeah, the type of game he plays could translate perfectly to the NHL, but he was kind of undersized. I think it's like five ten, five eleven. Um, and then this year he's just taken off. I think the biggest change for me this year has been, um, that, he is not so dependent on being off the puck. Like he, he's, he's not driving like geeky's still kind of driving that transition play. Um, Patrick has a weird transition. Well, I wouldn't call it weird. I just say it's non-traditional, like what you see where it's like very stretch pass heavy. Like when they get the formulate, like they let Lambos and the defenseman sit back there and their forwards just rush out of the zone. You know, when you watch them the first time, you're like, where are these, these forwards don't play defense. They're not on the screen. Um, but honestly, his biggest improvement for me this year has been what he could do with the puck. Um, so he's not just reliant on, you know, his exceptional, uh, I hate the term hockey IQ, but like he, he, he manipulated space so well off the puck last year, this year, I think he's doing a lot more with the puck. Um, he's still not the strongest player in transition. Yeah. He's not going, he's not the one, he's not driving the transitions up through the neutral zone. Um, he's capable of doing it, but you see a lot, a lot of that's falling a lot in Geeky's hands. Um, but in the zone, uh, he's still exceptional on the four check. Like there, he, he should be drafted this year. Um, yeah, like, I mean, like a drafting. And, yeah. I mean, you know, and guys, you know, sorry. And guys in like the NHL, like, you know, 
Mangiapon and like Connor Garland are, you know, are finally, you know, are finally seeming to get like love now. And, you know, and, you know, and they, you know, and they are two guys that I've, you know, that I've been, you know, very, very high on, you know, over, you know, I mean, over like the last, you know, over like the last few years. And, you know, with Mickey Mayline, I don't like, you know, I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I hate giving player comparisons, but at this point, like, you know, his, you know, his game is kind of reminiscent of like a Mangiapon. And I, unfortunately, especially when you are not putting up, you know, a ton of, you know, points early on in your career, I feel like that fans just end up looking at you as more of like a depth piece. And, you know, and while that's been the case for, you know, the last few years, you know, when you, you know, when you look at like a Mangiapon, you know, his, you know, you know, his production has definitely grown, you know, once, you know, once you take a high tempo forward like him, um, you know, and pair him, um, you know, and, you know, and pair him, you know, with your pre-existing top six forwards. And so, um, you know, and so I think that Mikey Maline is someone like Mangiapon who doesn't, you know, who, you know, who doesn't often come off as the flashy guy, but, you know, but he, you know, but he is a high tempo kid and, you know, and he, you know, and he definitely excels at finding passing gaps. And so, you know, I, you know, and so I definitely see a, a lot of value in him and I, you know, and I think he's doing enough for himself where he shouldn't be pegged as someone that is, you know, benefiting off of, a Matthew Savoy and Connor Geeky squad. But at the same time, you also have to want those guys there because, I mean, because like in order for Mikey Maline to, you know, to really, really show the true alluring, you know, worth, you know, you, you know, I mean, like you need high skilled guys like that. Um, and so, you know, and so I, I don't, you know, and so, while you could, I guess, make the argument that he's benefiting a little bit. More just surrounding him with other complacent talent. You know, I, he wasn't, he didn't have a, I mean, it was a small sample size. I think he played like 14 games last year. I mean, yep. it was a point of, play, point of game player last year, but it was just, I mean, the 2021 draft will always be kind of have that asterisk next to it of all the players that all of us were looking at and just, either missed or didn't have on our radar, you know? So I don't think, I think the biggest thing for him is, I, I mean, I don't know how it is when you're looking at overage prospects, like you'll watch a game and then you'll be like, who's this guy? And then you get kind of like, uh, you get excited that they're almost like a D plus one and not a, like Lucas Edmonds on Kingston. I remember being like, gosh, this kid's good. And then be like, oh crud, he's going to turn 21 this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Mikey, you're like, oh dang. Like he was, he was draft eligible last year too. Like in, that thought, like he kind of, he looks like a D plus too. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I think, yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying right now. I want to move south of the border. Um, so Jimmy Snuggerud had a hat trick in, um, in the Five Nations game the other day. I believe it was against Sweden. So I think, I think, <clears throat> I think that was on the 10th. Um, and, um, and in particular, I loved his second goal of the game in which he stole the puck off of 
Um, Cal Odelius uh, and Mikael and Toby can probably correct me later on that. But um, uh, sorry, Cal Odelius, because I, I mean, because I w- remember watching Cal. Sorry, Kelly Johansson when he was on the Capitals back in the day, and there's also Kelly Yarn. Uh, sorry, Kelly Yarncrock. So, um, but yeah, so you know he. Sorry, you know, so he stole the puck off of Kelly, and then cut to um, you know, and you know, and then cuts to the perimeter and fired a rare shot top shelf. Like it was, I mean, you know, it you know it was just beautiful. I think the first goal, you know, he you know, he kind of stumbled into open ice because, I mean, you know, be, I mean, because like the zone was pretty wide open and then, you know, and then the third was, I think, I think the third was a tip in, but that, but man, that second goal, that, I mean, that was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. Um, as you say this, he just added another hat trick against Finland. Uh, there you go. Ends up with two hat tricks in the five nations tournament. Um, no, you hit it on the head. I think one of the things, um, it's funny, it was almost mirror images, those first two goals, right? It was just like skate from the left side, top of the circle, right in the center, and just beautiful shots, and then just drilling, battling in front and whacking in uh, the, the hat trick goal. You know, Stugger is one of those players that at the beginning of the year, I had no, I, I had him in like my second, third round, and really was like, I need to circle back because um, for me, the people who pop off the screen are always the people who drive transition. So, yeah. like, for me, like the neutral zones always been like my bread and butter of like, this is where I start with who I really like. And then I, and Snuggerud was someone who in tight, tight uh, pressure situations didn't always have the, the puck manipulation or the, the, the kind of the plan to get around it. He would kind of, he had his one track like pass. And if it wasn't there, he would dump the puck. So, but he was good in the offensive zone. So I was like, he's one of those players I have to circle back with. I think he had like two or three goals going into this tournament. And all of a sudden he blows up against Sweden. And now he blows up against Finland. Um, he had, you hit it. I think he is fantastic. Uh, when you talk about the first part, uh, uh, ripping pucks away from people in the offensive zone. Like he is, he's great, def- a great defensive winner there. Um, I think one of the, he might not be the, the player uh, who has the speed or, or puck skill to transition the puck for you, but in the offensive zone, like I think he's showing his skill in this five nations tournament, especially um, he's got a, I haven't really dug too deep into. I watched the, the the Sweden game, but he got some consistent line mates too. You know, yeah. I think he was he was on the left side of Cooley the entire time too, and he was. I mean, Cooley wasn't exactly. I mean, Cooley was great, but like Cooley's also he can play right with him. You know, he's not a detriment to Cooley. He's not someone who um, you look and be like, I wish they had Howard there. I wish they had Nazar there. You know, so like, um, but yeah, his shot, my gosh, yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. And speaking of great shots, sorry, speaking of great shots, I want to move north of the border once more and talk about 2023 initial draft brought by Callum Ritchie, um, who, uh, sorry, who, sorry, who plays for the Generals. What are your thoughts on Callum Ritchie? And, you know, and where, you know, and where do you see him? You know, stacking up against um, a, another top twenty twenty three uh, guy um, out of um, sorry out of the Buffalo New York area, Quentin Musty. Yeah, you're not. Uh, look, I'm extremely biased here. You're never going to talk me off. Of <laughs> I mean, 
he was literally uh busty was like uh practicing the same rank my kid was uh this summer so i it's gonna be hard for me to, to ever to fall out of love with quentin musty i think richie it's amazing right he's, what, he's got 16 points in 13 games right now yeah. um, you know it, i really like that they've given him two two overagers i think um gosh Names escaping me, number eight, number 16 on the generals. Um, really helping. I'm trying to remember, has he been playing with Brett Harrison? Or no, no, I don't think he's with Harrison. Um, I'd have, I'd have to look. Um, but I think he, they're letting, he, he, he is more than capable of transitioning the puck as a center. I, I think he sticks at center. I think he, he is, he's doing, but his shot is ridiculous. Like, yeah. Um, they get him on the bumper roll and they feed it from the bottom up and like that it's been automatic for him from the shot. Um, oh yeah. I mean, and he's, I mean like, and he's found, and he's found a lot of success with another guy that I really, really like Tyler Tulio. So, um, you know, and especially on like the, the power play, I think, I think at this point, um, sorry, I think at this point, Callum is five, power, uh, sorry, five power play goals and a decent amount of them have been one timers. Some goals were he was definitely facing traffic. And it was a harder shot for him to make. And then, you know, and then goals where, you know, he definitely stumbles into like, you know, into a juicy open ice situation at net front. He's been doing very, very well. I think the biggest thing, I and mean, he's 16, right? Like the kids, yep. so much time. I think that I think as he gets stronger, I think that's I, if he can get that next gear, like, and, and if he can keep puck skill at that next gear, like, I think he's. He, you're talking about a top ten talent. Like, the biggest thing is uh, right now is it he. It's a lot of um, his movements through the through the neutral zone are a lot of passes because he's, it's not an elite level gear right now, right? But it's fine. He's 16. Um, his, but he, what he's doing right now at 16, I mean, it's scary. Yeah, <laughs> the draft is about to bring him to the top, like 15 kids next year. I want to move. Even talk about um, Ty Nelson, who has been playing for, uh, I'm sorry, who plays for the North Bay Battalion. You know, I mean, Ty is having a great, I mean, a great, great year. Um, you know, and what, you know, what have you been, sorry, what have your initial thoughts been on uh, him? I love Ty. I mean, to me, it's amazing that Ty Nelson is in a top 15 pick consensus right now. Like, I think Ty, I think the conversation when you're talking right-handed defenseman, and you're looking in that mold, like the offensive, being able to move, you know what I mean? Like David Juracek, I, I'll be honest, I've only seen a couple times. I've been mostly living in North America, but like he's not playing that kind of brand of hockey, right? Yeah. Like when we're talking, like he's probably, him and Seamus um, probably are the two premier offensive talents here when we're talking on the back end. Um, and each of them do a little bit different things. You know, I think uh, what really impresses me with Ty Nelson is kind of like he kind of has like the Luke Hughes uh, like sh- uh, shimmy to him. You know, like he, yeah. he's a, he can he can walk you on the blue line. He can make a move and, and drive into a high dangerous area. His outlet passes are ridiculous. Like his vision to, to get a puck from his own end to, to the other blue line and hit a kit uh, a player in stride for a breakaway. Like um, 
he is just his offensive skills are absurd for this draft. Um, he is a little undersized. I understand that for like an NHL when you're talking NHL draft prospects, but that shouldn't really matter with the style and game he's playing right now. Um, I he's a he's a large reason why North Bay looks so good. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. he is dry. He he is driving a lot. They have a lot of talent on that team, but like he is the he's the engine on the back end who's making it all happen. And at like the same time, I mean. He also like he also has some grit to him as I mean as well. I mean I remember watching him the other day and um and on the penalty kill I believe he noticed you know I mean yeah, sorry I mean he noticed that he had a opponent driving down ice and that and that his defensive partner was just not covering him and you know skated back. Um, you know, to cut off the attacker, you know, and you know, and lay down a great open ice hit. So I mean, he's I mean, so he's got a lot of grit to him as well. Um, you know, I, he's not a net negative defender. You're right. No, no, he's and, he's a great defender as well. And you know, I I think with uh with him, you know, what what impresses me so much is like, look, he's a great skater. He's not the he's not like the top end type of skater, four way skater. But he's a good, very good skater. But what he can do with the puck, like he doesn't need it, you know. Yeah. And what he, how he manipulates space, how he manipulates um, around uh, players, how he reads a play. He's two steps ahead of everyone on the ice of where that puck needs to go. Um, that it's, he's one of my favorite players to watch. Like if I had to name my three favorite players to watch, they're all defensemen this year, and he's probably number two to Sheamus right now. Like I love what Ty Nelson, when Ty Nelson's playing, I want to watch him play. Next up, I want to um, I, I want to shift to the U.S. national team development program, and you know, and I know you know, and I've and I, I know you've been watching a lot of um, sorry, you know, and I know that you've been watching a lot of their games so far this year. What are you know, if you you know, if you had to rank, you know, like the top four U.S. national team development uh, defensemen that are that are twenty twenty two draft eligibles, you know what? You know, I mean, you know, what would be your top four right now? Um, I mean, Seamus is taking the cake right now. I mean, I, I think um, I, I don't know if I feel like it's becoming a little bit more mainstream. I know I put Seamus in my top five to start the year, and I knew that was a little bit out there. I love Seamus Casey so much. Um, he's he's his skating um, is amazing. But honestly, I, <laughs> going to like uh, to the Sweden game, I was watching Snuggerud. It's like Casey can make plays that I like are no one else can make like he reads uh, a pinch coming around the boards and instead of like just going and taking the man and getting the puck like Seamus reads it so far ahead that the, before the kid has even sent it around the board Seamus had already cut off the winner has it and then has sent it down to a high, uh, high danger chance for a pass his uh his puck skills ridiculous um really the only thing with Casey that I would like to see is like I would see like to see, I almost want to see like, and we'll talk about him in a minute is Lane Hudson's aggressiveness. Like sometimes Seamus will, will be, will defer and he'll, he'll kind of pass right when he gets open, uh, open ice, but he's skilled enough that he should be leading the rush. And honestly, um, everything about what we from puck manipulation from, uh, just being able to identify rushes by able to identify pressure. Like he's amazing. Um, this, then he's kind of his own tier. And then the next tier I kind of have, um, kind of lumped together our, our, uh, Ryan Chesley and, um, 
uh, Lane Hudson, and uh, I would say Tyler Duke kind of fits the, the top four right there. And they all have different strengths. They're all different players. You know, Chesley's kind of your, your, your traditional defenseman. He, he's pretty conservative. Uh, he passes the puck a lot, but it's kind of D to D. Uh, never really um, uh, looking to really jump up with it, like puck skill wise to, to make a play. He'll throw a puck cross ice uh, on a, uh, to, to high danger areas, but um, he's not like uh, going to drive the, the, the play in terms of come from the blue line, make a guy miss and then dish out. Like he's kind of coming up and he's going to use a bomb of the shot to, to he love, he'll take it. He's probably got the best shot on the NTDP from the point. Um, Lane Hudson's all offense all the time. <laughs> he's a smaller defenseman. Honestly, if he was a little bit faster, I think I, I could probably bump him above a, a Ryan Chesley. Uh, he he's, there isn't a rush that Wayne Hudson doesn't want to start or be a part of. Um, and it's the reason why he's leading the NDTP in points right now is he, he will operate as a fourth forward out there for you. Um, defensively, I think he's fine. I think I, he's has all the limitations that a typical small defenseman will have. Um, uh, I think one of the biggest things will hit be for him was kind of the same deal with Sean Barron's last year. It's going to be, how well can you defend the blue line? How long can you separate a person from a puck and not get muscled off? Uh, when they get past you and you're trying to drive them wide and they just put the shoulder down and go lean into you and they're able to get to the dangerous areas of the ice. Um, and Tyler Duke, um, you know, I would, I've been trying to trying to pump the brakes on myself with Tyler Duke, but it's getting to the point where every I'm watching every other team play the NDTP and I'm clipping plays at Tyler Duke when I'm watching like players on the USHL play. <laughs> like he's gotten to the point where he deserves to be in the conversation for a second round pick. Yes. He's small. Yes. He's not um, a burner, but my gosh, what he can do, how smart he is. Uh, he has all the traits that like you want from a defenseman. And I, I have to, I know my bias when it comes to defensemen and I know I look at his size and I'm like, I don't know how this will translate. Um, but he's one of those that makes it work and he makes it work so well that it's, it's hard not to bet on him. It's not like that. The U.S. National Team Development Program hasn't had, you know, a lot of luck with smaller d d defenders. Because, I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, you can go back to, like, the, the 2020 draft and, you know, and look at guys like Brock Faber. Yeah, and you can, like, I always say the poster boy will be what Dominic Fensori does. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Fensori was, like, my – was. I loved it. I could watch Dominic Fensori play uh, all, all, all year when it was uh, his draft eligible year. And I just remember being like, can he actually play? And he start, I mean, it's a shame he plays for BU right now. Um, <laughs> sorry, Josh. Uh, <laughs> here in Boston. Um, but uh, that, but that I, I think Tyler Duke can make it work. I, I mean, it, the more I, I he was someone I want didn't want to jump on the bandwagon because I only watched a couple bet uh, games early in the year, but I've seen enough of him now where it's just like, I mean, he literally made a in a Fargo game, literally just crossed the kid up at the blue line and just made the whole crowd just go ooh and ah as he just stick handled around him and then threw it to a high danger area. Honestly, they just missed the net. Like he just has this, this ability to him that it's hard to ignore. And speaking of the U.S. National Team Development Program, I should uh, sorry, I should note that thankfully this year I don't have to go up to um, I'm sorry I don't have to go up to Maine to, to to catch them play live in my neck of the woods. Thankfully, sorry, thank, thankfully they're playing against Brown um, on December 11th, and I and I think 
I think the December 12th game is at BU. So, um, so yeah, so thankfully I won't have to go way too, too far. I mean, they, I saw, um, I think was, I think I saw them play last year. I can't, I, it's all blending together. Uh, they played at Canisius down the road from us last year. I don't know if it was the U17 team though, but I honestly, I, that is the, the great thing about the NTTB this year is that like, and it's also frustrating from our end is that there's a lot of really good players and, um, they all and the NTTB's model has been to kind of equal playing time, right? So it's not like one defenseman is always going to be the power play quarterback. You know, I think the last time we saw that was 2019. It was like an anomaly that we saw Hughes and Caulfield together for every shift. You know, like so, um, it's really getting to see their opportunities, and it's also but it's also really nice to see. Like they're never going to put up huge point totals because they shift the line so much, but it's also you get to see them in every situation. Before I forget, I also want to talk to you about Brennan Ali. Um, so Brennan has been getting a lot of love lately in terms of uh, – I wanted to get your take on him. So uh, he's got like seven minutes of tape on Instat right now. Right? <laughs> okay. Like, so we're talking like a small sample size here. Um, but like, it, it's ridiculous what this kid was putting up in his like seven minutes of ice time. Like um, in that time, like he had like 25% of the shot attempts on ice. He completed like 75% of his passes. He was involved in uh, almost 50% of the transitions during that time. He's defensively all over the place. Like I wanted to like give this kid more ice time. That's all I kept saying is, is like kid looks like, just as good as like the when we talk I mean this is a stretch I will know this I, I think Scout even called me like pump your brakes a little bit on, on, uh, on the <laughs> server but I was like I want to put him as like a, as like is it a stretch to put him at the top of the second round or mid second round probably am I probably going to be advocating for it at our next draft rankings probably like <laughs> you know there's certain he just has it you know yeah. and, um, even though it's limited ice time like it sucks because like, I don't even know where you go to watch his high school games. Uh, Cause I was trying to even find where you would go to find. A, a his yeah. I think, I mean, I, I mean, he was playing, for, uh, well, he's playing for Avon all farms, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think some of, I think some of their games are on YouTube. Um, you know, I know when they, uh, I know when they announced the formation of the, um, uh of the uh sorry of the high school um sorry of sorry of like the high school boarding league last year um and i believe included avon old farms and like shattuck um that you know i mean you know that they were going to end up putting more and more of their games online i just i just don't know if that's the case yeah you know honestly it's i 100 like i've been following the draft religiously since about 2010 i think i've watched probably less than 20 high school hockey games do you know what i mean like i think morrow might be a a quarter of them do you know like yeah um i just it's it's so hard to see what comes out of a high school um but yeah i mean for him it was just like that those seven minutes in those two games against like i think it was mercyhurst yeah mercyhurst was one of them like it was he was great. Like, and yeah, I mean, and he had, I mean, and he had a nice, um, sorry, and he had a nice primary assist in that game too. Yeah, um, he was. He came down the left wing, threw it across. It was beautiful. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like in, I mean, like in barely beat the defender who covering him too. He barely got around like the defenders, uh, sorry, the defenders' stick blade. just such a tight gap you know you do this for so you watch so much hockey i know it's not and this is this might be a hot take i'll be but you watch you watch so much hockey i know it's seven minutes of ice time but there's usually in that seven minutes players either either pop like you're like oh this is something or i need to like look into the like the situations that are going around this player to see what this what this player is doing within the structure of the game mm-hmm. and this projectable to the nhl and like for brennan he 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 popped. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I was figuring out what is his projection as opposed to being like, is this a like for me at least, is this an NHL pick or a high level pick? Is not the question for me. It's what does he project to be? Like how like, is he a third, fourth round pick that we need to like that will over the next eight months, that's what we'll shape out? Or will he end up being like like a, a mid-second round draft pick or higher where everything kind of shows out well? Am I letting our listeners know where they can follow you. Sure. So uh, I, I'm currently on Twitter at bmaster716. So B-M-A-S-T-E-R 716. Um, normally tweeting a lot about prospects or the Sabres. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much for joining. On today's episode of Smart Talk, I'm joined by uh, Tommy Enroth, uh, who is a scout for Frölunda in the in the Swedish Hockey League. And uh, thank you so much for joining, Tommy. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Josh. I wanted to talk to you about you know, your role with Frölunda, um, you know, and how you know and how you got into scouting. Do you mind sharing some of your background with our listeners? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I've been uh, I've been in the hockey world for almost all my life, playing playing myself uh, uh, up till like um, 2013, 2014, I think. Uh, I was playing, and then I then I quit playing, and uh, I I've always been like interesting in. Uh, player development and youth hockey and um, junior hockey. I always, I always have find that uh, the most uh, interesting part of hockey. And um, when I when I stopped playing, I I had a like a like a dream and, and wish and a, that I want to work in hockey in the future in player development and scouting and stuff like that. So. Um, uh, since then, I've been uh, out in the rinks looking, looking at hockey and um, and uh, connecting with people. And and uh, and one day I got in touch with uh, Frölunda, uh, uh, the club here in Sweden, and we we started talking. And one thing led to another, and uh, I'm started scouting for the junior teams and uh, and the and the pro men's pro team as well. And I've been doing that for uh, 
well, this is just my second season with, with Frölunda. So um, I'm, I'm pretty new in, in like the, this official role, I guess I can say. Since you came on board over the recent years, we've seen a lot of talent come through the Frölunda system, including, you know, guys like Simon Edmondson and Lucas Raymond. What were your thoughts on Raymond? I know that there was a lot of unfair criticism in terms of, you know, in terms of his offensive upside. And he's clearly been showing to his critics they were far off with their analysis. Do you mind sharing your thoughts on Raymond and how he's, you know, and how he's grown from, you know, being a star for the Frolunda J20 team, um, you know, and now, um, you know, and now doing substantially well at the NHL level? Yeah. Yeah. Lucas, uh, I've been watching him since he was like, I think I saw him the first time when he was like 12 or 13 years old. And I, uh, I always, always have seen like a dynamic uh, offensive player uh, and, and he has been producing at every level he played in Sweden. So um, I actually, I wasn't too worried about uh, the criticism of uh, his offensive playing in the SHL. Uh, I think it's uh, pretty, pretty tough for a draft first year draft eligible player to to produce at the high level in SHL because it's a it's a very hard league to play in uh, it's it's a lot of uh, the teams are very good defensively and uh, you don't see players at all putting up a lot of points if you put up like one point per game in SHL that is really really good uh, and Lucas, I, I think he put up like around 15, 20 points in his draft year. And I think that is um, that is a really good offensive number from, from a first year uh, edge <laughs> first year draft player. Uh, so I, I didn't really understand the criticism. And uh, Clearly, he's been put in a great spot and a great uh, role here in Detroit, and he, he he's uh, been um, he he's been producing and, and show that he has uh, the, the offensive tools to produce in, in in NHL. So that is really really fun to see. I know that you are yeah. stuck. You know, and you have your garden in your backyard. You know, and they have a great three-headed uh, monster this year in terms of uh, sorry, in terms of their draft prospects, um, including Liam Ogren, Noah Osland, and uh, and Jonathan Lekarimaki. Do you mind talking about? those guys 
Yeah, those three players are uh, clearly very, very good, good players, and uh, and all all of the three could be possible first, first or, or second rounders in the draft, and uh, I like all three of them. Uh, uh, I do believe Noah Eslund maybe has the highest upside because due to his tremendous hockey IQ and, and playmaking ability. Uh, he's a little bit on the smaller side uh, compared to the other two, um, but he he got a tremendous brain and, and hockey IQ, and, and he's been like kind of living of that. And, and I think that is a benefit for him because when he put on like a, a few pounds of muscle, uh, he will be more dynamic in the in the play as well. Um, but um, he, he's a great, great uh, player. And, and Liam Ögren, I also like very much. He's more like a modern type of power forward. He's very strong physically and strong on his skates. He's responsible both ends of the ice. Uh, and the coach can put him in in every situation. He's, he's almost like a, like a horse out there. He, he can do it all. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't see any like downsides with with Liam's play. Maybe maybe the challenge for him is to like put up huge offensive numbers if if he wants to be like a like an offensive star player in the NHL level. Maybe he does doesn't have. Uh, that kind of star quality, if you know what I mean. But uh, he he's got, he he's in my mind he's he's pretty safe bet. He he will be a really good pro, uh, I think, uh, and he will find his role. Uh, Jonathan Lekkerimäki, uh, also he's he's dynamic as they come. <laughs> Tremendous puck skills and and uh, great shots. Uh, he he can shoot the puck as hard as anybody in the junior ranks in Sweden I've seen so far. Um, and he, he he can he can do it all with with a stick and a puck. And uh, the challenge for him, I think, is is to be when. When he has some tougher nights, um, he he will find he gotta find a way to co- contribute uh, where the pucks don't go in the in the net uh, as as easy as uh, uh, they has been in in the beginning this uh, of this season. So uh, he, he's he he's he's gotta find a way to contribute when he do- doesn't score goals, but. Uh, as far as this season ago, he's he's almost scoring goals like every game. So, but that, that, that that's not gonna be gonna work uh, all all the all the yeah. way up. So, shifting back to Fro Londa, one of the the more uh, touted prospects, um, you know, for the, the twenty twenty two draft on. Pro Lunda is um sorry is Ludwig Persson. 
Sorry, do you mind talking about his play style? Sorry, and how you think he will project at the NHL level? Yeah, I really like Ludwig, uh, Ludwig Persson. He, he's a really smart, uh, smart player, great hockey IQ, great brain, reliable on both ends of the ice and uh, and the coach can put him in uh, in all situations, box play, power play. Um, at the end of the game, when the when the team needs a goal or defend the lead, he can do it all pretty much. Um, he's got some offensive offensive skills, as I mentioned. Uh, maybe not the high high end offensive tools to become like a top scorer in the National League level. But I could see if all things uh, works out, he, he can be like a middle six forward in the NHL, reliable both ends and could ship in some offensive plays here and there. Um, and uh, as well, like defend, defend the lead and uh, be a re- reliable player in, in box play. So that is my thought on, on Ludwig. Front one does have uh, a few more players that are draft eligible for the 2022 draft, including Oscar Pansar, Isaac Bourne, Yorakovich Berenson, and Otto Stare. What type of players are NHL teams getting out of those kids? Yeah, I think um, if we start with Otto Otto Stare, uh, I think uh, he's um, uh, he has some tough years behind him. Uh, a couple of years ago, I thought he was one of the best 04 players in the age group in Sweden. Then he got some uh, injury problems that, and uh, basically he has been off for a whole year with uh, uh, different kind of injuries, but he's back on the ice now and looking good, playing good. Uh, I think uh, what the NHL team will get in him, in him is from the last time I saw him, he was like a, like almost type kind of Liam Ergren type of player, you know, uh, can do it all, put it, put up points offensively, defend the lead, strong, uh, strong in the face-off circle, win face-offs, carry the puck through the neutral zone and uh, like... Um, a good all-around player, not not the high offensive um, offensive player, but uh, he, he he from from the last time I saw him, he was a, a really really good all-around player, a good leader and a, and a captain for for his club. Uh, so so that is my thoughts on Otto. Uh, the other the other three, uh, I guess. Uh, Oscar Pansare, uh, 
a good offensive defenseman with a with a with a great shot from the from the blue line, hard slap shot, um, can put up points. Um, we will see if he get drafted. He has a chance, obviously, but uh, it's a it's a, li- a little bit of a road to get there for him. Uh, and um, and Joel uh, Rankovic, uh, to be to be <laughs> honest, I I haven't seen him that much because he was like. Uh, in, in the Frölunda program before I got in there and he's a local player. So uh, to, to be to be honest, I, I, I didn't saw him that much when, when I got into the system. Um, Isaac Bourne, um, you could see a little bit in Otto Star in him as well, like a good, good, reliable player in both ends of the ice, never takes a shift off. Um, good in the defensive zone. Um, works really, really hard. Not not the offensive, flashy kind of guy you you will see put up points. But the the coach will know, and will will know what they will get from him, and uh, they they can trust him in every situation that he gets the job done. So, a team drafting him will get a good bottom six forward in air quotes i don't really like those terms uh, but uh, he, he he's gonna be a good defensively player that uh, the coach will will know exactly what i get from thank you so much for joining us today uh and i hope you enjoyed the episode and the interviews with austin brass and tommy enroth stay tuned for the december episode which will include a world juniors panel cheers Have a good day.